For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. And we're on and welcome to this preview edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. I do not have my co-host with me. Uh, Chris Kaufman is still floating somewhere in the Gulf of Mexico. Hopefully he's still on the boat. Okay. You know, hopefully he has the boat underneath him. But it's, um, I asked him to come on today, and he told me I'm still floating out here in the ocean. Uh, so he's still on his cruise. I guess he comes back uh, this weekend. Uh, Simon's dealing with an injury. I'm trying to get him on here for the, the second half of the show. Um, and when I say he's dealing with an injury, yes, he's dealing. Uh, I'll have him explain the next time that he's on if he does come on here in the second half of this show. As always, this show is brought to you by... Factormeals.com. Go to factormeals.com forward slash three yards per carry five zero. That's the number three yards per carry five zero. And you use the promo code three yards per carry five zero. And you get 50% off your first order. You could always go to Price Picks. They've been with us now for, let me check on this so I don't lie, four years. That's a sponsor that's been with us for four years. We have our own dedicated page over there. Go to pricepicks.com forward slash three yards. That's the number three yards. And use the promo code three yards. And you deposit $100, you get $100. It's as simple as that. And, of course, Manscaped. You go to Manscaped, use the promo code 5RSN. You get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping. All right. Uh, since I'm going to do this solo, I can. I'm going to dig into some stats that I got for you earlier today. I was watching some film on the Dallas Cowboys. And we're going to start with when the Dolphins are on defense. So they're facing the Dallas Cowboys offense, uh, one of the best in the league. And if you watch them on film... They don't give you too much motion. Although against the Seahawks, for whatever reason, they started trying to employ those exit motions that Miami uses. So they've been trying it as of late, but it's not something that they do. What they want to do is get in 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back. That's what they want to do. They're number three in the NFL in the number of plays that they've run out of 11 personnel. They're in 11 personnel 62.2% of the time. Uh, they're the second most efficient offense in 11 personnel. Um, they do try to go a lot of Y-ISO with Ferguson, which means they try to split out the tight end wide, try to get you to match up that way. Uh, Dolphin zone defense, they'll be smart to just pass people up and just switch them. So if you got Ferguson out wide and you got Ramsey in the perimeter, and they got CeeDee Lamb in the slot, and we got Kohu in the slot, you could just flip those. And that's something that the Dolphins have done and will do, and my, I suspect that they will do it all game against the Dallas Cowboys. 
Um, how do you defeat this this offense? Okay, well, first of all, they're they're going on grass. Okay, they played on field turf this last past week. Uh, they're two and seven in the last nine games that they played on grass. Um, they just there's something about that team on grass. They're not as fast. They're a team built on speed. Uh, especially on defense, and we're going to get to that in the second half of this show when we go to break. But uh, they want to play with Brandon Cooks on the perimeter. They want to use Michael Gallup out wide, and CeeDee Lamb is going to be in the slot for the most part. And they try to they try to defeat you by getting matchups with alignment. Miami is not a team to get aligned, quote-unquote, aligned to death, although Buffalo did uh, week four. Like that's something that happened to Miami because Miami stayed with their orthodoxy of sticking with corners on either side. That's something that they're not doing anymore. Uh, Xavier Howard will play in this game, so they're going to have their full complement uh, of cornerbacks. Uh, Javon Holland, I th- believe it's going to go right down to the wire. Uh, other than him, they're going to have a pretty healthy defense going into this game. Uh, somebody asked earlier uh, what happened with the Dominican Sioux uh, visit uh, nothing that I've heard of so far, and some are reporting that they're not going to sign him. We shall see. Um, he has a bad reputation, and as you can see by some of the beat writers, uh, have talked about it. Uh, he has a bad reputation as far as being a bad teammate, kind of selfish player, standoffish. Uh, we shall see. We know he can play football though. Uh, back to the Cowboys. How do you stop this team? You got to win on first down. Okay, McCarthy is a very, very orthodox play caller to the point where I've sat watching them play with a Cowboy fan and with somebody that knows a lot about the Cowboys. And we make fun of the fact that they actually run the ball on second and 10, which is about as bad a thing as you can do in the sport. Like, that's not something you do. You don't run the football on second and 10. More likely than not, you're setting up third and seven Third and six. So why would you run a play? Why would you have a snap that sets up a negative situation? That's something that they do. Okay? So if you went on first down, you could put them in those long, those second and long situations where they could do suboptimal things. Uh, McCarthy will want to get into that 11 personnel and push it. On third down, it's almost exclusively 11 personnel, they will mix in some 21 and throw out of the 21. And the reason they could do that is because they have Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson is a really, really good tight end. Their 12 personnel package, they try to use Luke, Luke Shoemaker. You remember him from, from our, our draft run-up. Uh, Peyton Hendershot will play some, but mostly on the, on the goal line. But the guy you want to focus on is Jake Ferguson. He plays in line. In their eleven personnel, sometimes what they'll do is that they'll they'll be, they'll play tight to the formation and make him the wide ISO in eleven personnel, which gives him that, that four wide receiver look. Uh, like I said, you treat that as what it is, which is just a, an interesting attempt to try to align you into the wrong defense, into the wrong coverage. You treat it as such, and you defeat it as such, as such. Uh, as far as their offensive line, injury-wise, uh, we know Zach Martin uh, is looking better for the game. Tyron Smith is not. That's their maybe Hall of Fame left tackle. Definitely Ring of Honor left tackle. Uh, Tyler Smith is their left guard. Uh, there's a possibility that if Tyron Smith can't go, they'll just kick Tyler Smith out to left tackle, which is eventually what he will play. 
Like, that's what he will play eventually, okay, when Tyron Smith is gone. He's a really, really nice player. And then they'll just probably put Edoga as their left guard. Edoga, as of right now, is supposed to be their swing tackle. Uh, I don't think they will do something like that. If Zach Martin can't go, TJ Bass is who steps in for him. Um, my guess is that Zach Martin plays, and Tyron Smith is probably 50-50. Uh, how do you get to Dak Prescott, who's been so good this year? He was a he was a MVP candidate until this past week when you know they lose to the Bills, and then everybody just jumps off the the bandwagon. So how do you get to him? Well, there's one surefire way you get to him. Terrence Steele is a guy that we really liked uh, to, to the point where we speculated maybe we could trade a second-round pick for him. And, well, they paid him. They paid him as if he is one of the better right tackles in the league, at least commensurate with the talent of maybe a Caleb McGarry or an Austin Jackson. And he has proceeded to have a god-awful season. Uh, he's just bad in pass pro. He's bad in the run, on the run, in the run game. He's just had a bad season. So you got to attack him, okay? Bradley Chubb should be lined up over him and get some one-on-one opportunities. They do not help their tackles. They just don't. It's not something that they want to do or even think about doing. Uh, They trust Dak Prescott to step up into the pocket, either escape or deliver the football, uh, they don't try to create pockets for him on the outside by rolling him out and having moving pockets. It's just not something that they do. They like to stay inside the pocket. So that's how you're going to have to get to him. Uh, will Blitz's work? Uh, Dak Prescott has been okay uh, against the Blitz. Uh, their Blitz pickups uh, usually are always from the inside out. It's not. Uh, they don't usually, how do I explain this? They don't usually move coverage left or right toward blitzes. They usually just try to commit numbers up the middle and let the outside guys in. So that's a good and a bad thing because Miami does like to confuse you as far as who's coming or not. Uh, Miami has shown at times where they'll show seven at the line of scrimmage, bring four but then drop three field side or drop three play side as they roll field side with the coverages. So, you know, they try to be tricky with it. A team that just commits numbers up the middle to stop the blitz is not a team that you really want to do that against because you're essentially just fooling no one because they want to see the numbers that they get. So uh, Dallas is the type of team where you're probably going to want to send a nickel. You're probably going to want to send a nickel blitz. Uh, Maybe even a corner blitz. Maybe off of uh, Ferguson's side when he lines up. So they're interesting in the way that they pick up blitzes. And that's why I don't suspect that Miami will do too much of it. Um, If you've noticed, they've had some success against teams that try to uh, press the issue as far as blitzes. Namely Seattle. So I don't think that that's something Miami will do. I think you just want to want to match up with their guys. If they have an injury situation now with Tyron Smith, uh, that opens things up for Andrew Van Ginkle. Uh, Bradley Chubb should be lined up over Terrence Steele for most of the game and go to work. Uh, their running game. You would think 
you know, it's a Tony Pollard centric running game, but they have used uh, Rico Dowdle as of late. Uh, Hunter Lepke is a guy that comes in on third and one, fourth and one on the goal line. Uh, you remember Hunter Lepke? He went to North Dakota State. He was a guy that we were looking at as far as a UDFA or possibly even a seventh round pick as essentially the protege to Alec Engold. Um, he's a good player. Uh, they don't use him too much, but uh, they use him some as a lead blocker for Tony Pollard. Uh, they run a lot of split zone. Okay, You're going to see a lot of inside zone with Tony Pollard. Not too many called runs. They don't pull too many people, uh, although they do pull some in the passing game, and usually it's to buy time for a shot play. They do come with shot plays. They do use shot plays, and oddly enough, most of them are to Brandon Cooks and not CeeDee Lamb, while... They do have some two-man combos. They do, they do have some two-man routes and some max protections. It's almost always C.D. Lamb running the, the, the deep crosser with Brandon Cooks running the deep route. So you're going to see some of that. Uh, Michael Gallup is also uh, a deep threat. Uh, Jake Ferguson has been a, a problem in the middle of the field. Miami can really use Javon Holland in this game. If not... There's going to be a guy that's going to have the sombrero on his head in this game, and that's probably Brandon Jones. If Javon Holland cannot go, somebody must account for Jake Ferguson. He's one of the best up-and-coming tight ends. He's a good pass catcher, good route runner. He's giant once you see him. You know, once you see him, he's noticeable. Like, he's a problem, especially in the red zone. You got to get after the quarterback, and that's where all of it's going to start. And it's all going to start on first down. Um, I think we could go to break on this. I do think the Miami, by the way, does match up pretty well defensively against the Dallas Cowboys. They try to use alignment to defeat you, and a team that plays a lot of cover six and a lot of zone, alignment doesn't defeat those teams. Those teams just essentially just readjust their leverage or readjust their coverages pre-snap. Now, teams that play man, you could have an issue. You align wrong against the Dallas Cowboys, and you're in man, they could isolate CeeDee Lamb on your inferior slot defender. So would I think that Miami would travel? No. Uh, Xavier Howard's going to play in this game. I do not think that they'll travel Jalen Ramsey with CeeDee Lamb. Um, Although, like I said, if they do have one of those switch situations, you could see how Jalen Ramsey will switch up with a Cater Kohu and go to the slot on CeeDee Lamb. So... Especially if they're a man. If they're a man, it's, it, all it takes is a glance, a look, and just saying, hey, I got him. You coming out. So that's I, I could see something like that. As far as tr- completely traveling, I don't think so. But, hey, Vic Fangio can, uh, can surprise us, right? All right, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what happens when the Dolphins have the ball. But first... These words. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. 
When an unexpected damage occurs to your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. Their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed general contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that business homeowners and business owners require. Water Cleanup of Florida is now an authorized dealer of Eurocraft cabinets, so premier kitchen, bath, and laundry cabinetry, countertops, and other accessories are available for your viewing at their showroom in Boca Raton. Or, do you prefer to shop from your home or office? Then Water Cleanup will send you one of our design specialists to you with samples and products that fit your style and budget. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone if you have any questions at 954 579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. Or visit the website at wcufl.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And please check out their more than 80 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water Cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to 3 Yards Per Carry. And we're back. All right. What is Miami going to have on the offensive line, right? Like, that's what we we come into this game thinking. Well, it looks like Teron Armstead will play. Liam Meikenberg will play at center. Uh, Lester Cotton has shown up on the injury report, but he should be the left guard. Robert Jones is the right guard because Robert Hunt is not, I guess, not close to having full participation. Although, we're recording this on a Thursday, uh, late Thursday afternoon, which... Is not Friday, is not the last day to get information. Robert Hunt has to be practicing on Friday to give it a go on Sunday. I was told a couple of weeks ago that the target date was probably the Ravens game. Although they were optimistic for the Cowboys game, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So I would suspect that Robert Hunt will not go in this game. As far as Austin Jackson, he has not practiced. He was not. He was in the injury report as a DMP on a Thursday, and that's important. Okay, If he cannot go, Kendall Lamb will go as the right tackle. I thought he looked really, really good against the Jets, Kendall Lamb. So I think that they're covered there, but then they become really thin for this one game if Austin Jackson cannot go. Now, is it a situation where he could be an emergency backup, like he could be in uniform and be on the sidelines? Possibly. But oblique injuries are things not to be trifled with. You're not you should not mess with things like that. And if you could get if you get just a week a week's rest or ten days rest after you have an oblique flare up, man, that could bring the inflammation down and actually get you healthy to play a game. So I wouldn't push it because I think they have capable backups at at the tackle spots, and they have one for this game. They'll just be really, really thin. What does that do as far as backups at, at tackle? It means Keon Smith is now thrust uh, into the the swing tackle role, and Ryan Hayes would be activated as another backup. Uh, how do you defend against Michael Parsons? Well, the conventional wisdom is going to tell you, oh, well, you know, you, you got to double team him. Uh, wherever he goes, you know, send double teams his way. No, that's not what you're doing. The way you defend Michael pa- Micah Parsons is by not blocking him at all. And you're wondering, wait a minute, what are you talking about? What do you mean you're not going to block him at all? Yeah, you're going to run away from him, and you're going to send cutoffs back at his way so he doesn't pursue. That's it. That's what you got to do. If you run at him, 
You bring him into the play every single time. He's very heavy-handed. He's good against the run. In in the passing game, you got to identify him. Like, that's a fact. And you got to block him with offensive linemen. And you got to be good. And you just got to get rid of the, the, the football, just like you've been doing all this time. That's how you combat uh, Michael Parsons. You put him into conflicts as well. Okay? If you let him as the free rusher and you have him, you put him into conflict with a guy in the flat, uh, he has to make decisions that, that could help you as well. But in the run game, you run away from him and you send cutoffs his way okay so you send somebody that's always coming back mostly Alec Ingold or Durham Smythe they're always cutting off the backside pursuit so you could do that and you run away from them Uh, I'm pretty certain Miami will have some checks in this game that's going to get them right in the run game against Dallas Uh, so you know they tend to play a lot of they tend to play really really balanced which means DeMarcus Lawrence is always going to be opposite of where Micah Parsons is, although Micah Parsons does line up in the A-gap, the B-gap, outside, wide nine, both sides, middle linebacker. He's going to play pretty much damn near everywhere. But you could identify him, and they're going to play balanced. And if they play balanced, you run at DeMarcus Lawrence and away from Micah Parsons. Because twofold. You run away from Micah Parsons, you're going to get him to pursue. You're going to send cutoffs his way, up, which means you're going to hit him a lot one-on-one. Okay, uh, that's going to create a lot of usage. Okay, it's going to it's going to tire him out. It's going to have him running side to side the entire game, pretty much getting nowhere. Okay, so you want to tire him out. So when you get to third down and he's going to rush the passer, you know, he's a little lesser than than when he started. So that's what you want to do. Really important uh, note on the injury report. Jonathan Hankins might not be available for this game. And to the point where Clarence Hill covers them, uh, covers the Dallas Cowboys. You could follow his work on Twitter. Uh, he says he has his doubts that Jonathan Hankins can play in this game. That's huge for the Dallas Cowboys. He's their anchor. He's the anchor of their their run defense. If he can't go, Mozzie Smith will play. You remember Mozzie Smith out of Michigan? Uh, Mozzie Smith is not good. Simple as that. He is just not good. Okay. Now, you get into the linebackers, and what do they really have, right? They're a light group. Can you run at them? Absolutely. Uh, Marquise Belt is a really, really good player. Uh, I like him more in uh, in past situations. Against the run, he's just not as stout. So, you know, what is their ethos? What do they want to do? Well, let's talk about their secondary for now. Uh, Malik Hooker is also on the injury report, and he's iffy whether he's going to go or not. He's a nice player, but they can replace him. Uh, they want to play man on third down. It's their thing. Uh, they're one of the motion, and the reason that they are one of the worst teams against motion is because they want to play man. Okay, When you have a team that has Stephon Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore came from the New England Patriots system and where they played predominantly man. And now he's on a defense that wants to play man. And a defense that it's not necess- that is not necessarily all that great in zone. Okay? Not that they're incapable of playing it. It's just that they just don't look good doing it. And you could you notice right away. Because we saw it here with Flores and with Josh Boyer. Whenever we saw Miami play some type of zones, it just didn't look right. It didn't look tight. Okay? You saw them in quarters and... They didn't keep the integrity of their coverage all that great. 
You saw them in cover six, the same thing. Okay, Dallas is pretty much exactly the same thing. Deron Bland is a fabulous player. Uh, He has the the record for most pick sixes uh, in a season. He wants to play man. He's going to be aggressive. He gets after it. You got to test him. You got to test him, and you got to test him deep. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, same thing. You want to run a lot of motions. You want to widen them, isolate them, and then throw digs uh, at them. You want to throw digs, not many outs, because that that kind of feeds into their instincts. You want to run slants, digs, get them to get grabby, and then you're going to take them over the top. Uh, their defense is smaller. It is fast, but... They can be leveraged. You saw them against the the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills used a lot of leverage runs. They didn't use too many. They didn't use motion. Like the way we use motion to gain leverage, they just essentially used alignment to leverage their defense. And Dallas just would not get out of those light boxes against Buffalo. They didn't respect the Buffalo running game, and Buffalo made them pay. Now, what will be Dan Quinn's approach against Miami? My guess, and it's just a guess at this point, is that they'll stick to it. They'll come at us with those light boxes once again because they don't want to get beat deep. Tyreek Hill will play. Jalen Waddle's coming off of his best game of the year. I don't think they want to they want to get beat deep. They know who they are. They know they want to play man. So they're not going to take away numbers from their pass coverage. So... They're going to play light boxes. Miami has to take advantage of that and run the football at them. Uh, can you use the same leverage runs that Buffalo did? Absolutely. Uh, but my guess is you use motion. You use misdirection. And you try to get on the perimeter on them. If Jonathan Hankins is not there, you can use combination blocks inside. Uh, that's something that they can do. You can run ISO at them. Especially if they have Mazzy Smith in his place. Mazzy Smith, you can isolate him. You can run ISO runs at him. Okay, uh, a nice run is very simple. It's a combination block, guard, tackle. And you're running to split both the guard and the tackle, and you're running off of the leverage that you gain from the block, the, the double that you get at the point of attack. So you get leverage to the outside, you're cutting outside. You get leverage to the inside, you're cutting inside. Uh, they could do a lot of that stuff. They could run split zone. They could isolate them. They could do many, many, many things. Uh, Marquise Bell is a guy that, uh, when he lines up weak side and he's un- uncovered, you could run at him with leads with Alec Ingold. He is not the most physical linebacker. He does his best work in space and with speed. Uh, Jordan Lewis, great reputation as a nickel nickel corner. Hasn't had a particularly great season. Uh, they've sought to replace him a couple of times in the lineup. Uh, he's back as their starter at nickel. They do not travel corners at all, and they haven't all season. So I would expect the same. Uh, Let me answer some questions, and then we could move on with predictions. All right, uh, first question, my my two questions. Did anything come of the Sioux visit? Well, I already explained that. Um, Nothing's come of it. There is no information. Uh, There's one report out there that says that Miami will not sign him. Uh, I don't know how you get that that information. Like, trust me, Dolphins are not calling anybody and saying, "Hey, we're not signing this guy." It just you know just doesn't happen. They just don't sign him. 
And second part of that question is, what's your feeling on Hunt's availability? Uh, like I said, 50-50, he has to practice on Friday. He hasn't so far, which my guess is, nope, he will not play. Uh, but I think you could see a ramp up the following week for the Ravens game. Um, let me see another question. Do you have faith in Butch Barry getting Harrison ready to take over for Eichenberg? Well, in the event that they, he might need him. Well, Harrison was the first off the bench in garbage time. Played a couple of snaps. So, he looks good in uniform. He's fast. He can move. Uh, good body. Like, he's he definitely wins the, the good body award on the offensive line. Him and Austin Jackson. But, uh, yeah, they'll get him ready to play if he has to play. Let's hope he doesn't have to play. Uh, Eichenberg, let's hope that he's a little healthier uh, this week. Uh, let me see any other questions. Yeah, somebody clarifies. Um, any other questions? Let me see. I can't imagine if somebody if, if somebody wonders if the Cowboys change up the game plan, and somebody says I can't imagine Dan Quinn is that dumb. It's not dumb. It's like why would you change what you do all of a sudden? You know, it's what you do. You have the sixth-ranked defense in the NFL, overall defense in the NFL. By the way, Miami's number five. Okay. Uh, why would you change that? You know, it's you do what you do. Uh, somebody says, uh, with most defenses dropping their linebacks to take away the middle of the field, couldn't we use Barrios or any other wide receivers to run choice routes seven, eight yards down the field? Well, that's that's what they do. The, the way Brady would tear us up with Welker, we know Tua has the accuracy. Does he have the patience to take the easy yards? Well, that's the whole point. Uh, now, is this a team that's going to drop guys deep into the middle of the field? You're talking about teams that want to play a lot of zone and a lot of cover six. Dallas is not that. They want to play man. Those linebackers are not dropping. Those linebackers are in coverage. You're occupying them with Devon Achan. Okay? This could be a monster Achan game. If they get the right coverages. Okay. Because they will trust safeties. And they will trust linebackers to guard Devon A. Chan. So this could be a huge Devon A. Chan game. Uh, let me see if there's any more questions. Um, hey, you guys didn't come too strong today with, with, with the questions. But there's a couple here. Um, how do you see Miami trying to slow Micah down when the Cowboys move him around? The, I, I already explained that. Um, somebody asked, with Frank Smith being rumored as a head coaching candidate, how much would losing him affect the offense? What would you say has been the most noticeable difference between his performance and Applebaum's last year? Well, Applebaum was the, the, um, the offensive line coach last year, okay? And Frank Smith was helping with that last year. This year, Butch Barry has handled the offensive line, and Frank Smith has moved up to his more conventional offensive coordinator role. If he leaves for somewhere else, they're going to have to change the offensive operation once again because Frank Smith is the one that formulates the game plan along with Mike McDaniel, and he's the one that does the install every single week. Okay, So he's running practice for the offense while Mike McDaniel is calling plays. So... So he's doing the install. He's doing a lot of coaching. He's essentially doing the offensive coordinator's job. If he leaves, they got to replace that. Somebody has to do that job, which is a pretty big job. So yeah, it does make it does changes changes things a lot. Um, 
Somebody's giving out a injury report. Chase is out for the Bengals, and Keenan Allen is out for the Chargers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we know that. Uh, somebody's asked, do you think the scheme against Ferguson will resemble our treatment of Travis Kelsey? No, no, no. Uh, Travis Kelsey is the focal point of the offense. The focal point of that offense is uh, CeeDee Lamb, not Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson is a target of opportunity. He can't turn your lights out if if he really gets into you. But uh, we'll use we, – we have enough guys that could take him one-on-one, and that's what they will do. Um, uh, somebody says that the backup for Martin is uh, TJ Bass, that the Locked On Dallas guy said the backup for Martin is TJ Bass. Yeah, I said that. I said that a little bit earlier. Uh, average time to throw for Dak. Does anybody know it? Uh, I believe it was at two four seven or something like that. I got to check, but it's, it's a lot. Uh, do the Cowboys ever use this strategy as a trap, knowing that teams want to run away from from Parsons? Uh, nope. Um, you really don't know, you know. So what they try to do is they try to line up Parsons in the most conventional ways. So they'll line them up field side, you know, which is the wide side of the field. And they'll try to use the way that they line them up to try to dictate how you'll call offense. Um, that doesn't work very well against a Shanahan-style offense. Um Somebody says a chant to the perimeter, fire emojis. Yes, absolutely. They got to get him involved in the in the passing game. You know. Uh, somebody says even our podcast hosts are on the injury report. Yes, yes. Although Chris is more of a DMP, and I don't know, like what would you call that? Excused absence or something? Yeah, uh, Chris is more of an excused absence. Simon's injured. Okay, and he'll tell you what happened to him when he comes back. What's Dallas's biggest problem on the road? Well, their personnel groupings all take a, a dump across the board when they go on the road, and, and nobody can figure it out. It's just something that happens to them. Uh, all their efficiency ratings go right in the toilet as soon as they go on the road, and when they go on grass, it gets even worse. Um, who do you think is Miami's biggest obstacle in facing the Cowboys? What gives us the most trouble? They got to stop Pollard, and they got to stop Pollard in the passing game. Uh, Cowboys offense moves into another dimension when Pollard is involved and running well and catching the ball out of the backfield. So he's a focal point for sure. You could fade a big Ferguson game. You could even fade a good CeeDee Lamb game. You can't get CeeDee Lamb, Ferguson, and Pollard going all at the same time. That's a problem. Uh, Yeah, somebody says vet rest for, for CK. Yes, he's on vet rest. If you could stop any assistant coach on our staff from being poached, who would it be and why, Wes Walker? Why? Because I think he's the heir apparent to Frank Smith. I think he's uh, he's the biggest up-and-coming coach that we have on the staff. So that's who I would uh, uh, I would, I would talk about. So, yeah, Wes Walker. After him, maybe Anthony Campanelli because he's doing a lot, of, a lot of the personnel work right now. And he handles the linebackers. And he's a, he has his fingers in almost every part of the defense. And he's the guy that's essentially on the field, running the personnel while the guys in the booth are calling the plays. All right, it's uh, prediction time. Look, I've been on this all year, okay? And I felt this way all year. Dallas is the consummate. How can I put this? They were put on this earth to get their ass kicked by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Miami has, to quote the great Charlie Weiss, (laughs) 
Miami has as a large schematic advantage against the Dallas Cowboys. Do I think the Dallas Cowboys will play better? Yes. Okay, they're coming off an embarrassing loss to the Bills. They're still, although if you really dig into the permutations as far as them winning the division, they got problems. They got a massive uphill climb to win the division. It's it's not likely that they could win the division, even if they win our game. Okay? Uh, they lose tiebreakers to the Eagles. So they're going to have plenty of motivation for this game. You know, if they're if they actually dig into their own uh their own numbers, by the way, they did clinch a playoff spot already. If they do dig into their own numbers, they're going to see like, "Oh, we really don't have too much of a chance to win the division, huh?" So who cares? We could lose this game. And let's just get ready for next week. Um uh, that's not going to happen. They're going to play hard. But Miami has a decided schematic advantage against them. You got to see what San Francisco did against them and done against them twice already. And you could say three times because Dan Quinn was there the the third the three times ago when they lost in the playoffs. They have problems with motion. They want to play man on third down. All of those things are bad things. So you say, well, they're just not going to do those things. Well, then that means that they're going to try to be something that they're not. And when football teams get into trouble, it's when they try to be something that they're not. And if Dallas tries to be something that they're not, they'll get beat worse. So I'll say that Dak is going to try to keep them in the game a little bit. Uh, he's a legitimate MVP candidate. Uh, I think they'll be balanced on offense, but I think Miami's going to be too much. They just have too many advantages in this game. They're also at home, and I expect them to win this game. I wouldn't say handily, but with some comfort. And I'm going to give a prediction of Miami 34 and Dallas 22. So that's a 12-point win. That's pretty comfortable. I think next week is Armageddon. Like, that's going to be a hell of a game. Ravens, Dolphins. But I think Miami does have a very big advantage in this game. Just schematics. Okay, just schematics. Can it be closer? Absolutely. Do I think it'll be closer? No. I think I think Miami wins comfortably in this game. I remember the last time that I said that I predicted forty to twenty Miami over Denver. Some teams just line up and they already lost when they play others. Okay, good thing is that Miami has uh, the two dominant schemes in the sport. They have the Vic Fangio defense and they have the Shanahan scheme on offense. So they're almost never at a disadvantage when they line up. But some teams are just at a disadvantage when they line up. And Denver was one of those. That's why I predicted 40 to 20. I was wrong. They scored 70 instead. I'm doing the same thing here. Dallas just has too many disadvantages in this game. I got Miami 34-22. All right. Monday is Christmas. And we do wish you a Merry Christmas to all of our listeners who have been with us again for our sixth season on here, on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Uh, We will not have the recap on Monday because it's Christmas. But we will be back next Tuesday. If you want to become a member of our Discord, you could go to discord.gg forward slash OnlyFans, and you can become a member there 
for $3 a month. Merry Christmas, and we will see you on the 26th. Go Dolphins. Thanks for listening to 3 Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in store and on Menards.com. Save big money.